Radio.com. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good friend. Wait for it. Mr. David Gray. David Gray has joined me on a Tuesday afternoon, and I mean, that is kind of out of the ordinary. Doug is um, is out today, um, and we are, uh, I've, I've been in touch with Doug. He's doing great, and uh, anyway, I won't go into the details, but uh, he is he's doing well, and I am quite confident if he's not sleeping, he's tuned in. So, Doug, we love you, brother, and uh, glad all is well. And so, uh, you know, I I, uh, I have so enjoyed uh, just uh, Doug and I have been working through this book, the Discipleship Gospel. Uh, some people, somebody asked me the other day, well, "What is the name of the book? Is it the Discipleship Gospel or the Kingdom Gospel?" I said, "Well, it's the Discipleship Gospel, but it, it it is about the Kingdom Gospel, and so uh, we're we're kind of." coming in for a landing if you will it's a steep landing but we're gonna we're gonna work through uh kind of chapter 11 of the book and uh, again if you have not uh, purchased this book um it may be one of my favorite books um of the year and and it's very uh it's it's just very practical it's a it's a good book that will help inform you as to how to define how to define the gospel, because as we've as we've mentioned several times here on the air, is that uh, there's a there's a little confusion as it relates to defining the gospel. What is the gospel? And we said this before. Greg Gilbert, who was our guest uh, a couple, several years ago, wrote a book called "What Is the Gospel?" And his point was, yeah, listen, you line ten people up, you're going to get ten different definitions. Now it doesn't mean you know, David, your definition might be different from mine, but it's going to include, at least as of now, Mm -hmm. it's going to include the seven essential elements that need to be in place as you share the gospel. Yeah. But uh, hey, welcome yeah, in on a hello, Tuesday afternoon. Hello, everybody. I was I was here on time, but I didn't have any headphones. That might have been a first that I had to. Jeremy had to run out and get me some headphones at the start of the program. So. I am glad to be here with you, and we got in just in time. It's really getting nasty out there weather-wise. It is. Well, hey, I am not complaining, by the way. we need the rain. Uh, Yeah, I don't know know what the weather's been around the country. Of course, our hearts and our prayers are going out to those out in Hawaii and the Maui, um, the island of Maui. What a devastation out there. I know. Unbelievable. Wildfires are just incredible. I remember the fires in Northern California a few years ago. There was... Just, just complete devastation. I remember the story of one couple that survived by getting in their swimming pool and, no and, get, and getting underwater, and the fire like went right around them and over them, and they came out, and things were melted into their concrete deck. It just, just, I, I've never really experienced it. So when I read that, I'm always shocked at the, at the power of these yeah, wildfires. But anyway, the, I just wanted to echo what you were saying about the book. I, I think it's been a. A, yeah, a practical book, to your point, an important book in order to help us really um, 
define the gospel and have right. clarity around it. Right. And also it's a book that makes you think. It really makes you think and uh, makes you think about, and we've talked about this, and, and, and Ben Sobels and Doug talked about this on Doug's interview with him last week, that even guys like Doug and Ben are talking about, hey, they've, they've preached an incomplete gospel before, yeah. and, and I've been guilty of it. You said you were guilty of it. Because that's what the book does. It makes you think, how have I talked about the gospel in the past? Yeah. And it was not, we know it wasn't intentional on, no, on our part to, not. to deceive anybody or, or to, um, you know, to, to not be scripturable, scriptural, listen to me, That's scriptural, good. Like that. scriptural <clears throat> about our definition, but just leaving out, I think, key aspects. You and I were talking the other day about, well, the book really talks about the aspect of following Jesus, that that's, that's a huge part that gets left out today. Also, the part about the kingdom being at hand and yeah. Jesus being the king yeah. of the king of God's yeah. kingdom. Um, but also that aspect of are we including in it an element of what the bad news is? Because there has to be bad news in order for the gospel to be such good news. Yeah, so. you won't you won't receive it as good news if you don't know the bad news. Right. And and I think the uh, the 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 element uh, probably that I have gained the most out of regarding when i share the gospel now which i had an opportunity to do that this morning um is the aspect of following mm. when jesus said the kingdom of god is a hand right. repent believe and follow me uh what does that look like i mean repentance is an aspect of following god we're we're turning from self-rule to God's rule. We're, we're turning from our good deeds to his good mm -hmm. deeds uh, because we don't have any good deeds. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I am a, I am turning to Christ. Yep. Um, and that is a continual ongoing, that is not a one-time thing. Right. It is an ongoing following. Yep. And, uh, and, and, and I think for me in the book, um, Thinking about that term "following" uh, and 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 uh, pairing it with obedience, that that following really means, in many ways, being obedient. That's right? exactly right. And yeah. and so repentance is an act of obedience, right? Yeah. It's it's an act of following, mm -hmm. and therefore it's an act of obedience. Um, but it's also like we talked about the other day, a gift of God. We can't generate repentance you know by pulling ourselves up from our bootstraps and uh deciding in our own intellect and strength that we're going to repent we would bible's clear about that we would never do that yeah uh, there is no one who understands no one who seeks god it is a work of the holy spirit yeah, absolutely so yeah. well i i love uh what tim keller says uh he says the gospel has been described as a pool in which a toddler can wade and yet an elephant can swim yeah it is both simple enough to tell a child and profound enough for the greatest minds to explore mm. Mm. and so as we begin to define the gospel and and I'll, i want to revisit that briefly maybe before we get into the 11th chapter of this book and when i say define i'm talking about how they defined it in this book and again just as you listen think about how you can <clears throat> begin to shape how you're going to share the gospel because the reality is 
I think the the numbers are 72 to 75% of those who claim to be evangelical Christians have never once shared their faith. I was reading an article uh, from uh, Christianity Today recently that 82% so of, of, of people who claim to be Christians, they, they love the Bible. They, they actually say that Americans love the Bible. 82% of Christians love the Bible. No, 82% of Christians who say they love the Bible have never read through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the reality is you're going to get good at something as you repeat it over and over and over again. Right. And whether you, you, know, you think of all the things you want to be good at in life, could there be a better thing to be good at? Right. Uh, than learning how to uh, skillfully mm-hmm. uh, craft the gospel presentation. Right. He says this, uh, this is uh, what is the gospel, according to Ben Sobels and Bill Hull. This was their definition. The gospel is this, the kingdom of God has come through Jesus of Nazareth. He is Christ, the king, God's one and only son, He died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day according to the scriptures. In his great love and by his amazing grace, God our Father saves everyone who repents of their sin, believes the gospel, and follows Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. When King Jesus returns on the last day, the great day of judgment, everyone who followed him will enter the eternal kingdom of God. Mm. Now, you could memorize that, but I think more importantly is that you understand it. You understand the elements that we've been talking about right. for the last right. three months. Right. Understand those elements, and those seven elements, I think, are easily memorized, and then you can craft kind of that kind of a statement exactly. or, or narrative around those seven elements. So you heard the the seven essential elements. And if you've been listening to us as we've been going through this book, we, we talk, the authors talk about the fact that there are four declarative statements that are essential to the gospel presentation. And that there are three imperative statements that Jesus commanded as a result of the declarative statements. And right. so the four, you, you heard them here, the four declarative are, are come at the beginning. The kingdom of God has come or is at hand. Jesus is the king of God's kingdom. He is the Messiah. He is the son of God. He is the Christ. He died on the cross and he was, for our sins and was buried and was resurrected on the third day according to the scriptures. So those are the four declarative statements. Kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is the king. He died for our sins on the cross and he was raised according to the scriptures. And then as a result of that, Jesus command makes three imperative uh, statements, and that is to repent of sin, believe the gospel, believe in him, and follow him, follow Jesus. So those seven essential elements, if you will, are there in that definition, and I think those are the important components around which to craft a, mm-hmm. a definition. That way, if you know the seven elements and you have a minute, right? Exactly. <laughs> to share with somebody you can quickly, boom, try to hit those seven elements. Literally, I just had this thought as you said that, because I think you and I were talking about this the other day, that kind of the elevator Mm -hmm. speech um, is, you know, 
as Paul says, be ready in in and out of season. We are to be ready to declare the gospel, the good news. And so oftentimes you may think, gosh, uh, should I share with that person? You know, it ought to be right there on our tongues. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the thought was, what if you were to, to, to craft your definition of the God? How would you present the gospel? And again, we just read Bill and, mm-hmm. and Ben's uh, kind of definition. But what if you were to do that for yourself? And then you just repeated it every day. Just right. sit down and re- think of all the things we do anyway mm-hmm. that we repeat every single day. Yep. And, and build that as a discipline into your life so yeah. that when you get on the elevator or you get in that Uber or you, you, wherever it is, the message, the good news of the gospel is on your lips. Yep. And when we talk about it, and, and, and Ben talked about this in his interview with Doug and they talk about it in the book, they're not suggesting that every person has to use this exact mm-hmm. definition the way they've struck, crafted yeah. it, but, but those essential elements should be in there. For example... I really like the four-point outline we used when we went to the Philippines, mm-hmm. right? God's original plan for, for, his, for his creation and for people, our problem of sin, God's solution in Jesus, and then our response to Jesus. But I would, if I used that in the future, I'm, I'm sure that I would change it up a little bit to make sure I included these seven elements Absolutely. throughout that four-point outline. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, and part of what we did in the Philippines, and we've done... Uh, after that was identifying the, the idea of the bad news mm-hmm, that right. god did have a plan that's right he, he, and, and we've got a problem yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well you know again back to the point of the good news it's not good news unless you know you got a problem yeah that's so. right and making sure the culture understands that because the culture is being told it's really not that bad news it's not that bad right we're going to take our first break on SWAT Radio. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question, and we will be right back after this break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. 
The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministry serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, heard in Amelia Island at 91.3. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, glad you are with us as we come to you from Jacksonville live today on Tuesday, August the 15th, I guess it is. And we are finishing up um, several weeks of discussion and um, and uh, review of the book, The Discipleship Gospel by Ben Sobels and Bill Hull. And just as a reminder, uh, Ben Sobels was on with Doug last Thursday. And uh, Bill uh, Bill Hull will be on uh, this Thursday with Doug as uh, he keeps in line with what he usually does on Thursdays, and that is have a guest. And if you didn't hear the interview with Ben last week and you want to go back and listen to it or any other SWAT radio broadcast, you can go to SWATradio.com and you can hear any uh, past program. Again, thanks to James Grimm, who does a great job with our uh, website and uh, getting all those past programs uh, online for you to listen to yeah david i, I just got a text from uh, <clears throat> our one of our swat brothers he said i was thinking about the three circle three circles gospel presentation and how it opens with a discussion about the brokenness of the world in which god's original plan was and how it could be adapted to include the seven essential elements mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that. I think there, <clears throat> and we were just talking on the break about the importance of making sure that people understand sin. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, you know, for years, you know, we've seen John 316 posted at the Super Bowl or <laughs> football games or Jesus saves or whatever. Well, listen, if you don't understand your own depravity, then the good it's not good news right. it's just uh, jesus saves what, what does he save what yeah. uh, you know saved for what right you know and why 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 is that important i'm not that bad yeah right i'm a good guy right. i i'm married well you I, are a pretty good guy yeah, i'm married <laughs> i'm not i'm i'm saying that generically not about <laughs> yeah, exactly. me but um uh, i think we've got a caller terry are you on the line brother yes sir i sure am hey welcome man what's on your mind Yes, sir. Uh, I, 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 was, I was wondering if I could explain um, my personal discipleship, I, uh, and, I, I, and I hope it, it defines the word. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah um, I'm, I'm calling from from Portsmouth, Virginia, on the WPMH radio. Yes. And uh, yeah, yes, sir. And uh, 
and what I do, and it's and it's almost always alone by myself. Um, I, I had this this track. It's called Heaven's Checklist, and I'll I'll try to go through them real real quick. Uh, to do, uh, uh, do good things, be baptized, go to church, keep the Ten Commandments, love others, give to charity, receive communion, say prayers, read the Bible, and uh, it's the to do list as opposed to uh, done. Mm. And, and 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 what I do is is um, I put a a two dollar bill on uh, on on the top of the track and I, and I put these um um these, these clippers on there to keep the uh the two dollar bill in, uh, on top of, of the track itself and um that's my personal missionary field i i, I guess i would say here in, in portsmouth uh i hope that's that kind of defines discipleship i i guess i get uh that word um at at a local uh Edifice, uh, you know, a, a local church that that I that I choose to attend. But um, I just thought I would share that for what it's worth. <laughs> I think it's worth a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's very important. It's not only discipleship; it's evangelism. Yeah, right. You, which, if you're passing those out, <laughs> which, I which, hope so. You, you know, you you get you get somebody's attention when you uh, when you put money in front of them. And uh, <laughs> where are you and, finding and, and, those two dollar bills? There aren't that many of those left. Hey, I, uh, well, they're, they're they're plentiful here in, in Portsmouth. Virginia. Okay, uh, okay. All you all you got to do is to go to your to your local bank and uh, ask for them. And um, um, yeah, they're. they're I, I'm they're, glad, Terry. You're not handing them out with a three dollar bill. Well, well, no, I, no, I'll, I'll pass on those. But, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it it gets their attention, and and they have to actually take the two dollar bill off to read the um, the track. So. Mm. Um, uh, what they do with it after that, of course, is, is up to them. And uh, I hope they, you know, they spend or save the two dollar bill, and which will remind them of the track. So, uh, but but I really do appreciate your your broadcast. Um, I I listen to it every once in a great while. Uh, I can't say I I do it very often, but um, uh, I just thought I'd call in today. Well, Terry, we're glad you're out there. We appreciate you calling in. Great insight here, and. Uh, I just wrote that down. Heaven's checklist, hmm. uh, yes, <laughs> the, the to-do list versus the done list. Yeah, uh, I, I love and I love the creative aspect of that. I think God has given that to us. It's one of the, the elements. I think we we can become very robotic. I think sometimes as it relates to sharing the gospel, as opposed to just relax and find what works. Find what works for you and get busy. You, and I, I and I, I get some thank yous. I get some. Uh, you know, the, you got the look and a look, and uh, um, right. I get looks. So, um, um, which most of these people I, I never see again, uh, or or sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, uh, you're more than welcome to, to copy it. I mean, anybody's welcome to copy it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah, we Terry. It. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and calling. Take care. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye. Good call. Love yeah. to get those. Yeah. I, I love to hear. Kind of the, the people. This is well. I was going to say there, there's defining the gospel. There's also being aware that the fields are ripe for harvest, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we, as God's children, uh, are are to be aware that people need to hear the gospel. Are are our eyes open? Are our ears open to hearing and seeing the people who don't know Christ? Yeah. Yeah, uh, because the the reality is, um, I mean, you can just go talk to everybody, 
or you can just pray that God would bring people. Look, I do believe, by the way, and I'm sure you probably agree too. If you're to if you were to pray every day, God brings somebody into my path mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. that I can share the gospel with. He'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I just believe that yeah. he'll do it. That's a good point, and it is convicting. And I was thinking about what you when you were just talking, when Terry was talking, is the difference between defining the gospel but then what are we doing with that that's your point i think right, right. Is, right. Is our, and and you know it reminded me of a an analogy that i thought always thought was a good one sometimes you know when i think about my own life and about sharing the gospel i'm guilty often of not caring enough yeah. about what's happening with people who don't know jesus and what's going to happen mm-hmm. if they die apart from him right mm-hmm. that that you know, we go through daily life and it's easy to get busy and just not dwell on that. Um, and of course, that is the reality. The Bible talks clearly about that. Jesus himself said, yeah. you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing, uh, but, but you know, wide is the road that leads to destruction, narrows the road that leads yeah. to life, and, and not many find it. And um, so it is a reality, but we are to have a burden about that yeah. and yeah. and sometimes that can seem overwhelming right oh there's so many but the analogy is the the story about the person wandering down a beach at low tide and there's literally hundreds if not thousands of starfish mm-hmm. baking in the sun mm-hmm. you know on the sand as the tide went out doomed doomed and uh, the person starts picking them up one by one and throwing them back into the water and somebody else comes along and says there's so many. You're does wasting that, does, your does time. that really matter? And the answer is, well, it matters to that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it matters to the one that just got put yeah. back yeah. where he can have life. And uh, I was thinking of the, one of the songs that we come in from the break with. I, I don't know the title of the song, but one of the lyrics is, give me your eyes for just one mm-hmm, second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What if we had Jesus's eyes for just one second? Mm-hmm. That the people that we come in contact with on a day-to-day basis... There's so many other things that come into our minds when we when we meet people. It may be the most superficial things, but what if the first thing that came to our minds when we met people mm. was whether or not they knew Jesus as Savior and Lord? Right. Now, think about that. I mean, <laughs> that is not what comes to my mind right. when I meet people. Right. Now, I'm, you know, I'm over time if I spend enough time with them, maybe maybe that does come up. Hopefully right. that does come up. Right. But I was just thinking about the urgency with which God has given us. Yeah. He, he tells us to number our days. Yeah. That's a good word, urgency. We we I don't I don't again, here I am getting caught up in we. When I say we, most of the time I mean me. <laughs> but, you know, don't have that sense of urgency. Yeah often enough yeah well we were talking yesterday doug and i uh from chapter 10 of this book about the discipleship discipleship begins in the pulpit and uh robert coleman said "It, it all started by jesus calling a few men to follow him this revealed immediately the direction he's his evangelistic strategy would take his concern was not with programs to reach the multitudes but with men whom the multitudes would follow. And the reality is, 
Uh, we, you've been a part of them. I've been a part of them. Uh, discipleship programs, you know, and I'm using air quotes here, programs. Um, it's a very simple program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus gave it to us when he said, go make disciples. And if we're not doing it in the pulpit, they won't do it in the pews. Mm. Yeah, and that's the next, really the focus of the next couple chapters, right? Discipleship beginning in the pulpit, chapter 10 and chapter 11, from the pulpit to the pew. And uh, you're right, our our leaders modeling disciple-making and and following Jesus. Yeah, if I want those around me to to make disciples, you better put put a mirror on your own life. that's right. We are going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. We're glad you're with us. Give us a call at 844-777-7928. If you have a comment or a question, we appreciate again Terry's call a few minutes ago. And we will be right back on SWAT Radio after the news. Less, but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. There's major delays because of a crash on State Road 9B southbound between the Eton Parkway and Phillips Highway blocking the right lane. Also, there's an accident on the West Beltway 295 northbound at the east end of the Buckman Bridge, and there's a crash on I-95 northbound before Kings Road. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 79, Wednesday, partly sunny, high 94. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Graham, Brad Sykes, glad to be with you here as we continue in the second half of the program here talking about the book that we've been talking about for the last several weeks called The Discipleship Gospel. Brad, you said at the beginning, it's the title of the book, just so folks aren't confused, is The Discipleship Gospel. The subtitle is What Jesus Preached, We Must Follow. But we've also been using the phrase The Kingdom Gospel, and the authors do use that phrase within the context of the book. And uh, and that phrase comes from the fact that the first essential element of the gospel that the authors bring out is that Jesus said in, in Mark 1, verse 14, it says, Jesus went around proclaiming the gospel and declaring the kingdom of God is at hand. So that's the first essential element. So there's where we get the phrase, right? The kingdom gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Doug and I, as uh, we mentioned earlier, 
talked about the disciple that discipleship begins in the pulpit. And I want to move on to the next chapter, but with, before we do that, it says one one reason so many pastors aren't making disciples in their church is that they've never been discipled themselves. Mm. Uh, you can't be an expert in what you haven't experienced. And uh, Bill says this uh, about the disciple-making pastor. Uh, he says, not much will change until we raise the issue and create controversy until the American church is challenged to take the Great Commission seriously, until pastors are willing to start reproducing themselves through others to prepare people to be self-feeding Christians, until congregations allow pastors to spend more of their time on teaching and training the spiritually well minority rather than servicing the whims and desires of the unmotivated and disobedient majority until pastors can be unleashed from evangelical busy work. Mm. It must be done. We can't allow this to continue. There must be a change. And I mean, this kind of goes to the whole program aspect is I think a lot of our pastors are spending so much time doing, you know, kind of the, what, what, what he called, the uh, whims and desires of the unmotivated as opposed to what what if what if our pastors what if our church leaders what if you and i began to set the pace Mm. for what it looks like to make disciples Mm -hmm. i mean this is the great commission yeah this isn't the okay commission you know this is the great commission this is this was jesus's last commands Mm -hmm. before he ascended to the father Go make disciples. And yet in the church today, and certainly in America, uh, we've got we've got a program for everything. Yep. And uh, listen, the more programs we have, the busier we're going to be not doing some of the things we ought to be doing. Yeah, I, I think the programs feed into Terry's heaven checklist a little bit, right? I'm not saying Completely. the programs in and by themselves are inherently bad. There are some good programs in churches, obviously, but this idea that, to your point, we have the to the author's point, we have the busy work going on with programs as opposed to the business of disciple making. That's right. That's right. I, I like what he says. Uh, are are we preparing people to be self feeding Christians? Mm. I, I've shared this many times. My my brother in law who uh, t- invited me to a a first baptist crusade at houston texas at tully stadium where i surrendered to christ as a senior in high school the very next day um he he met with me mm-hmm. and he used that virtually that same word self-feeding mm. he, he said i don't want you to be a spoon-fed christian right and yet because of the the entertainment culture of most churches it's a lot easier to just invite our neighbors to church. And I'm not saying we don't do that, but let me be clear. The scriptures are clear. The church isn't for the unbeliever. Right. And the enter, you you made the point, the entertainment value, that's the consumer gospel. Absolutely. Be a spoon fed Christian. That's the consumer gospel that we talked about as one of the false gospels. That doesn't demand anything. Right. 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 And 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 when I say demand, obviously, you know what I'm talking, I'm not talking about you. <clears throat> you're not saved because you're doing something. Right. You're doing something because you're saved. Right. That's right. That's right. And and I, you're, you're ex- the example of your brother-in-law 
following up with you after that crusade, that's the example we should follow yes. when we invite somebody to church. Yeah. It, it's perfectly fine, and we should invite people to church because they will, hopefully, if it's a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing, mm-hmm. disciple-making church, they're going to hear the truth. Yeah. But then that can be the springboard into the type of conversation that your brother-in-law had with you, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. You use the invitation and the opportunity of being in church and the, and the preaching of the truth as the start of more conversation. Yeah. And well, and I, I think about <clears throat> um, multiplica- multiplication comes through duplication. Mm-hmm. And one of the things my brother-in-law did with me, he obviously uh, got me in the discipline of, of spending time in the Word, even if it were just small bites. It's kind of like a baby. They start with a little bitty, and you and I both know this because we've got grandkids. You think about how big that spoon is. It's tiny. Mm-hmm. It's little bites, and you start feeding on that. But as they get bigger, that spoon gets bigger, and mm-hmm. that, that more gets on that spoon, yep. and they begin to take a hold of that spoon themselves. It's not pretty, by the way. In fact, I'm, I'm going to go spend some time with my grandkids after we're done here. You know, Watching our grandkids eat is a messy thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's important that as we're multiplying, as we're making disciples, we may initially spoon feed them. Right. But the idea is we eventually hand them the spoon. Yeah. And they learn to feed themselves. And then we encourage them to duplicate that. And I think that's what that chapter was all about, was that as leaders in the church, we should be setting the pace on what it looks like to disciple someone else. Mm-hmm. So interesting, love this uh, chapter from the pulpit to the pew. D.L. Moody said, if this world is going to be reached with the gospel, I'm convinced it must be done by men and women of average talent. Mm. Which kind of gets to this idea that, you know, this kind of entertainment or this consumer um, church, I guess you will, is that, we're looking for all these talented people mm-hmm. when in reality, um, talent, you don't need talent. No. And that's, and I think most people are reached through more intimate relationships, right? Yes. You're going to hear it's, it's important to hear the truth preached, the gospel preached from the pulpit. It's important for a pastor to be a disciple making pastor but then to your point of duplication, it's the people who have been discipled, th- whether through their pastor or through other church leaders, who are going to duplicate. And it's in those relationships that they have with other family members, mm-hmm. with friends, right, with coworkers, people that they see every day. Yeah. I think that's the, quote, average talent that D.L. Moody is talking about yeah, there. That's right. You know, am I more likely to have a conversation um, or to listen to someone who I have known for a while and trust and, and maybe admire in certain ways? Am I more more likely to be in tune with that or just somebody that I don't know or somebody that I don't know well preaching a sermon? Or I'm not saying, again, the yeah. sermon can't be effective, but most, I think, evangelism and most effective evangelism is done in relationships. 100, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, that's not to knock any 
you know, sidewalk evangelism <laughs> or, or, or preaching or, or crusades or anything like that. I think all of those things have a place and can be effective. They yeah. can plant seeds, right? What is that old saying? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Right. There has to be, right. there has to be the element of care. And I know you might say, well, it's obviously I care because I'm sharing the gospel with them. 100%. But the gospel to them doesn't mean anything. Right. If we haven't kind of, I think in some ways built that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part where I'm saying is that God, give me eyes to see the people who you have brought into my path that I might share the good news with them. Yeah. Or how about that I might just engage with. Yeah. Well, when uh, we say we, I'm sorry. I no, know. you know, well, when we know. say we follow Jesus and I think this is where a show like the chosen has done a great job. Of course the script, this is all scriptural. It comes right out of the scriptures. Right. Jesus may not have known people. Of course I, he, he knew them from eternity, yes, but he correct. didn't know them, you know, from their standpoint, it may not have been a long time or a long relationship, but he showed intimately how he cared about people. Absolutely. And, you know, you think about like the woman at the well. He just met her, even though he knew her, but yeah. but to, to her, he they just met. And here he is, you know, meeting her needs and engaging with mm -hmm. her and showing mm -hmm. that he cared about yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. And and that, that's when, when we talk about following Jesus, there's part of his model that we follow part of who he is that we follow yeah when you when we when i was talking about caring for people okay i'm caring because i care for them so much i'm going to share the gospel with them i think sometimes there's the opportunity that we have to to serve them in some way Correct. that allows us it, it, it's a it's a practical demonstration of Absolutely. my love for them I go mow their grass. I go weed their beds, whatever. Right. Listen, I'm not recommending that in 100-degree heat, but there are lots of things we can do that demonstrate our love and care for them that may open the door That's right. for us to speak That's the right. gospel truth into their life. That's right. We are going to take our last break of the day here on SWAT Radio. Glad you're with us. Uh, the number is 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question, and we will be right back for our last segment on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network on the air in Waycross at 91.3. There is good news for the captive, good news for the 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, glad to be with you. Doug is off today. He should be back tomorrow. I think you and Doug will be on tomorrow. Correct? We will be. In fact, uh, we'll probably kind of pick up where we left off. And I kind of want to maybe get into this because um, we've been talking a lot about the, the aspect of, okay, uh, sharing the gospel. Who do you share it with? Uh, who do I spend time discipling? And and this idea that it has to be it has to be modeled in the pulpit if we expect it to hit the pews. If 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 you're looking at your congregation and you've got the same people every week coming in, are they doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're probably most of them are probably not doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I think it's uh something we need to really talk about. And they in this book it says. He says, whether you're leading from the pulpit or from the pew, if you try to start a disciple-making movement in your church, begin by discipling only fourth soilers. Hmm. Now, we'll get into that, but if you disciple enough fourth soilers and they begin to multiply, as fourth soilers often do, you can reach the tipping point of creating a disciple-making movement with a local congregation some of even what we've been talking about is equipping the men within SWAT that we already know personally. We right. already have a good relationship right. with them. Right. And it's not a guilt or a shame. It's that, no, man, we've been given a – this isn't a burden, by the way. <laughs> I think there's some people that look at this and go, oh, man, I got too many things on my right. plate. I got, I got right. this. I do this. I serve here. I do this. This is – a primary this is this needs to be a priority yeah well that's why if i was just thinking about one of our swat pillars right is discipleship and yeah it says doug's sub sub tag on that is making jesus last command our first priority that's right, right? yeah that's right yeah. yeah and you were talking about as we kind of went out of the break about the opportunities that god gives us to um both evangelize and disciple and we really use those as they're they're connected by Mm -hmm. the way Mm -hmm. Uh, i think i think they've been in some ways been disconnected um in that we're there's this major push to evangelize but listen as as hard as we're pushing to evangelize we got to be pushing just as hard to disciple yeah Uh, we don't evangelize without discipleship in fact part of discipleship is evangelizing right i know that sounds a little that's crazy, right. But, but if you evangelize only and then there's no follow up with disciple make discipling, then the evangelizing I'm not saying it's not valuable, but it it, it does it yield the fruit that it would if there's follow up with discipling. Well, I was thinking about you and I in, in the Philippines and the the SWAT guys who went on that trip. You know, one of the things that, that was very encouraging is knowing that as we're going out day after day after day sharing the gospel and seeing what we call decisions for christ that there's somebody coming behind us once we go back to the states who's going to follow up yes yes like paul says one one sows one reaps one waters right one plants all all those different aspects of it but there has to be or there should be that follow-up now now you and i both know it, it there are times when that doesn't necessarily happen, and that doesn't mean that the evangelism, the evangelism was ineffective, right? 
you may see somebody on an airplane and talk to them and for whatever reason you're never going to see him again in your life mm-hmm. or, or, or like the people we saw in the philippines and we right. don't know exactly what right. happens after that right that doesn't mean that what we've said in that moment isn't important yeah but we know as a practical matter in our own world right <laughs> being able to follow up and disciple people is going to make the telling or the preaching or the teaching of the gospel that much more effective it's gonna it's gonna it's the word i'm looking for it's gonna build it into the person yes as yeah. opposed to just telling them and then leaving them on their own yeah that, that's the that's the point you were making earlier about you got a spoon feed to start but eventually they have to be self-feeding and the way that happens is through discipleship yeah listen if you and i went to a restaurant today and uh maybe we double dated or something and kelly started feeding you I might be a little concerned. No, I wouldn't. Cutting, not, cutting my meat. It, exactly. Yeah. The idea, but within the church, that's the majority of people mm-hmm. today. And I know people who are probably tuned into us right now. That's probably not true of yes. them. Yes, yes. Uh, but the reality is, when I'm ma- what is my goal in making disciples? As I am, you know, making disciples, what am I trying to do? Am I just trying to educate them Hmm. am i just trying to give them more information we know jesus said you know go make disciples teaching them to observe all that i've commanded yeah so the idea is both teaching and obedience it's 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 all in the same idea and you know as we're making disciples think about that child i mean paul used that word child when he referred to timothy my child in the faith Mm -hmm. listen i think there was a time where he was spoon feeding timothy sure but over time and we know you know paul said to timothy the things you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will teach others also Mm -hmm. that idea of four generations that was on paul's mind and he was building that into timothy and timothy was building that into others yeah and if that's not part of the DNA of making disciples, then we're going to have a lot of spoon-fed yeah, Christians yeah. who are getting their sound bites, you know, and from Twitter or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're right. I mean, you know, think about what we – and look at what we see today. Even Even for myself, over time, have I really been thinking about a, am I being a faithful disciple? And B, am I making disciples? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I'm there. I've been guilty plenty of times of that not being a, a priority, and and thinking, oh, I'm in church, I'm active in church, I'm I'm serving, I'm doing this and that. But am I? This is this is what I meant at the beginning of the program when we said this book makes you think, <laughs> and it's convicting, right? Very. And that's why it's important. That, you know, Doug and I were talking yesterday, and he was talking about some of the a little bit of blowback he's heard here and there about about this book and about the discussion of it and i said uh he said yeah there's a term in the military you know that when you're over the target you get more flack yes right right and of course i used the great theological show of seinfeld to talk about that (laughs) there was one time jerry is promoting something i can't even remember what he's going to do but george is against him on it and jerry says just the fact that you oppose me here makes me think i'm on to (laughs) something and i and i think that I think that's true that 
when you start talking about things that people aren't doing or they're uncomfortable with, you start maybe to get a little pushback because yeah. people realize, well, wait a minute, I haven't been doing that and I don't want to hear that I've been failing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. or not doing what I should be doing. And so therefore maybe there's some pushback, but, but I think they're right on target. You and I, I think we're talking about this maybe on Friday when we were talking about um, not really knowing whether the people you may come in contact with either may not be here next week or maybe maybe this is the last person before the Lord returns that he wants to convert, right, right. to redeem. What if... We shouldn't get into this with five minutes. Well, to go in the no program. question. But, <laughs> but uh, what what if I told you, or, or, or what if you knew that today you're going to make a hole in one? You're going to find a way to get to the course, <laughs> aren't you? Because mm-hmm. you want to experience that, right? Well, today is the day of salvation for someone. What if it's somebody you have an opportunity to speak to, right? And what if our mindset as we wake up in the morning and our first our first request from God is that he would open our eyes, that he'd open our ears, that he would tenderize our hearts to be on the lookout for that one person mm. who today is the day of salvation. Yeah. And it makes I was just teaching through the uh, first Kings verse twenty eight through forty, chapter one, verse twenty eight through forty today. And uh, it was just as I was working through this text, that's kind of what came to my mind is that David, who's been really pretty passive in regards to dealing with a succession plan where he knows God's already spoken to him that Solomon, before he was even born, was mm-hmm. David was told was going to be the king. Right. And yet here David is on his deathbed. He still has not kind of, taken action Mm -hmm. and now adonijah his fourth son has already taken almost taken it on himself to become the king Mm -hmm. and david's sitting back clueless as to what's going on and when he's made aware of what happens he tells he tells bathsheba and he tells nathan today it will happen Mm -hmm. you know what is it going to take for us to say today is the day Mm -hmm. I'm no longer going to make discipleship an ornament on my tree. It's going to be part of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, that's, and I, and again, that's why part of the reason we're encouraging folks to, to read this book <laughs> Yeah, and, and part of the reason, a big part of the reason why we've been talking about this. I think Doug was saying this, you said this, you said this at the beginning of the program, your, your, your presentation of the gospel will never be the same. After reading this, yeah, yeah, and 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 our attitude and our thoughts about discipleship should never be the same after yeah. being exposed to this. Well, let me just add this before we go off the air, and I'm <clears throat> I'm not directing this question to you, but I know you'll be able to speak into this. As as two men, we're we're literally the same age, we're sa- same seasons of life. We've raised a family. We've been married for many many years. As I look back now. By God's grace, he gave me some great opportunities. And by God's grace, my kids have all continued to walk with the Lord. You're, if you have children at home, that 
that is the field you need to be right. working in. Absolutely. If you have a wife at home, that's where you need to be spending your time discipling. Absolutely. Uh, I know there was a time in my life where I was busy out making disciples all over the place, but I wasn't doing it at home. The family is God's primary unit of evangelism and discipleship and duplicating disciples. Yes. Right? Yes. That is where it starts. Absolutely. That is our, as husbands, as fathers, that's our primary place, our primary field, as you put it. Now, when our kids are older, and hopefully, like you said, walking with the Lord, and, and it doesn't mean that we exclude other disciple making, but not to 